Thank you for being a part of our church service today. It is our desire at Riverstone Church that God's Word will work in you to produce an abundant field life. To know more about the ministry or to support, visit riverstonechurch.net. May the Lord bless you today as you listen to this message. So if you've heard of Jesus, you probably know about one of his famous teachings called the Golden Rule. Do to others what you would want them to do to you. And this, actually, is a restatement of something else that Jesus said, that the meaning of life is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, that's really beautiful, but what does he mean exactly by the word love? It's an unclear word in English, because you can love your mom and you can love pizza. And if the word love means the same thing in both of those cases, your mom's going to feel real bad. So what did Jesus mean in his language? Well, first of all, this love your neighbor phrase is a quotation from the Hebrew scriptures, where the word for love is ahava. However, the language Jesus spoke and taught in from day to day was a cousin language of Hebrew, that is Aramaic, in which the word for love is rachmah. But then, as Jesus' followers spread his teachings around the world, they translated them into Greek using the word agape. But here's what's fascinating. The earliest followers of Jesus who wrote the books of the New Testament in Greek, they didn't learn the meaning of agape by looking it up in ancient dictionaries. Rather, they looked to the teachings of Jesus and the story of his life to redefine their very concept of love. So one time, Jesus was asked about the most important command in the Jewish scriptures. And he first quoted from the ancient prayer in the Torah called the Shema. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. So love for God is the most important thing. But then Jesus quickly followed up by saying another command from the Torah was also the most important, to love your neighbor as yourself. So which is the most important, loving God or loving your neighbor? Jesus' answer is yes. To ask the question means you don't get his point. For Jesus, they are two sides of the same coin. Your love for God will be expressed by your love for people and vice versa, they're inseparable. And so this makes it clear that for Jesus, agape love is not primarily a feeling for someone else that happens to you, like our phrase, I fell in love. For Jesus, love is action. It's a choice that you make to seek the well-being of people other than yourself. Jesus also went on to teach that genuine love for God and others means seeking people's well-being without expecting anything in return, especially from people who are in difficult situations who can't repay you even if they wanted to. According to Jesus, this kind of generous love reflects the very heartbeat of God. And he took this even further. Jesus said that the ultimate standard of authentic love is how well you treat the person that you can't stand. Or in his words, you shall love your enemy and do good to them, expecting nothing in return. For Jesus, this kind of enemy-embracing love imitates the very character of God himself. Now, we wouldn't be talking about Jesus still today if he had only said things like love your enemy. This is how he actually lived. Jesus was constantly helping and serving the people around him in very practical and tangible ways. And he consistently moved towards poor and hurting people who couldn't benefit him in return. He showed love for the forgotten ones, the people who usually fall through the cracks. And when Jesus eventually marched into Jerusalem, he made himself an enemy of the leaders of his people by accusing them of hypocrisy and corruption. But then instead of attacking his enemies to overthrow them, he allowed them to kill him. Jesus died for the selfishness and corruption of his enemies because he loved them. After Easter morning, Jesus and then his followers claimed that it was the power of God's love for the world that was revealed in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. As the Apostle Paul put it, God demonstrated his own agape for us in this. While we were still sinners, 
the Messiah died for us. Or in the words of the Apostle John, God's own agape was revealed when he sent his one and only son into the world so that through him we could have life. And for John, then, this leads naturally to the conclusion, beloved ones, if that's how God has loved us, then we ought to show love for one another. So Christian faith involves trusting that at the center of the universe is a being overflowing with love for his world, which means that the purpose of human existence is to receive this love that has come to us in Jesus and then to give it back out to others, creating an ecosystem of others-focused, self-giving love. And that's the New Testament meaning of agape love. Good morning. Good morning. It is so good to be here and to worship the Lord with you. It's been a beautiful service so far. And uh, I can tell you that the presence of the Lord is here in such a way that it's indescribable. Um, there are over 11,000 chapters in the Bible. No, 1,100 chapters in the Bible and over 3,100 verses in the Bible. There are 66 books in the Bible. Pastor Chris last night said that he wasn't going to preach the message that he originally had, so he chose to read a passage that I have for you this morning. So for those of you that were there last night, you will have to listen to me. Hopefully I go in a different route than he did, but God is so good, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be here this morning. So every time that I had to, uh, to share the gospel, it's always a challenge for me. I'm, you know, I don't mind coming to the front. I just do not like being at the front for too long. And the reason for that is that I had to deal with my Hispanic heritage and then the English culture on one side. The Hispanic heritage say, take an hour, 30 minutes, and the English side say, no, no, 30 minutes because the people will leave. You know, <laughs> as you know, most Hispanic people are a mix of uh, indigenous, European, and African. So it's good that I had this five with the Hispanic and the English side because otherwise I had to listen to my African side and take four hours. <laughs> God is good. You love the Lord this morning? Amen. God is good. Amen. 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 I am so grateful for this opportunity. And I just... Um, Trusting the Lord. For me, uh, sharing the gospel is, is not something that comes uh, so easy in, the, you know, in front of the people. And the reason why is because I don't want to become so confident that I neglect the part of dependency on the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can come to that point where you become an expert in, in something, and you do not think that you need the help of someone else to help you along the way. Um, i tell you the truth. That's not me because in first place, English is not my first language. And in second place, I definitely need the guidance of the Holy Spirit if I'm going to impact anyone. This is my desire. And I believe that is the desire of every true shepherd of the flock of God. That his desire or her desire is to move God's people from point A to point B in order that you experience a greater relationship with the Father who called you from the darkness into his glorious light. Amen. Amen. So um, the scripture is Ephesians chapter 3, <coughs> verse 
14 and following. And I will be using the NIV this morning. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his names. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is to love all Christ. And to know this law that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immensely more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your presence in our midst. Father, I believe that long before we came through those doors, your presence was already here. And I thank you for the disposition that these people, your people have, to come into your house with an open heart and with lips willingly, willing to declare your glory, your majesty, your beauty, your awesomeness. God, I just pray that your word will become real in our midst this morning. Allow your word to become alive, oh God, as I shared this morning. So that when we live out of these doors, oh God, we will be transformed by the power of your presence. God, it's my desire for you to move. So I pray, God, that you will remove whatever is in me that is an obstacle for your presence to have its way in this place. And I pray that your people will be obedient to your voice this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You may be seated. When you read this passage, you can clearly see Paul's pastoral heart, his desire for the people. When you read this passage, it is clearly that he doesn't preach the gospel because he's gaining from the gospel something personal, but because the, the work that Christ has done in his life is so big that he cannot keep it to himself, that he has to pass it on. When you read this passage, you can see that Paul's desire is for the people to experience a greater level of maturity and the walk with Christ. 
when you read this passage, you can see that his desire is threefold. The first one is that they will be strengthened in the spirit. The second one is the indwelling of Christ. And the third is the fullness of the presence of God in the life of the believer. And I'm going to move away a little bit from from the typical uh, preaching I was saying on this passage. We are talking about love. You know, uh, we heard Pastor uh, Chris speak uh, on peace a few weeks ago, and then Pastor McCready did uh, hope and joy. Amen. What a wonderful, uh, uh, you know, time has been in the presence of the Lord. And I just pray that today, as we are getting close to the, the uh, Christmas celebration, that we will, you know, think about a little deeper in the true meaning of Christmas. And this is not the typical uh, 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 Christmas service because I believe that God is trying to. To, is leading me into a different direction uh, this morning. So I want to speak on Christ's love and love like no other. Come on. Amen. 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 And I don't, I, you know, I don't mind if you praise the Lord because we believe that, you know, uh, he dwells in the praises of his people. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, so, uh, you know, so, uh, as I thought about this passage over here, so the first thing that I can see is that Paul rise out of an experience that he has with Christ. And this experience is Christ's love is a transforming love. If you know Paul's uh, early life, you know that his life wasn't, uh, you know, the greatest example of Christian maturity. He was a criminal, if I could say that, to a certain degree. He, he hated the believers. He hated those that proclaimed the love uh, of Christ. He proclaimed, uh, he uh, hated those who um, preached the message of a resurrected uh, Messiah. He did not like them. He was the one that will travel from one city after all, uh, from one city to the other and search for those people that were preaching this crazy new uh, doctrine of a resurrected Christ. But in that process of persecuting people, he had an encounter with God. And that encounter with God took him from hating God's people to loving God's people to the point that his life became the greatest symbol of suffering. Beside Christ, I will say, you know, for the love of Christ. Right. Amen. So he was willing to give everything that he has in order to help people to understand that Christ's love is a transforming love. Yes. Amen. I'm going to use a couple uh, little illustrations of, of a couple people that you know this morning. The first one is Phyllis Wozniak. Phyllis Wozniak, who I call mother, um, was a missionary that I met in the DR when I was a teenager. She was a teacher at the Bible school. A girl from somewhere in North Carolina, heard the voice of God and came to the DR to teach young men and women and to train them into ministry. But let me tell you something. Before Phyllis got to the DR, Phyllis grew up in a Christian home. Her parents were pastors. They love their children. They love their family. They love God with all their heart. And when Phyllis turned 18 years old, she said, I'm getting out of this house and I will never come back again. See, Phyllis was hanging around the wrong crowd. 
And this wrong crowd took her into a life of addiction, drugs, alcohol, party. And she thought that she had an answer for it, but instead she was sinking deeper and deeper in a life of misery and desperation. And in this life of desperation, she was contemplating to take her own life. And I remember uh, her sharing the story. One day while she was driving between uh, Rutherford and Shelby, North Carolina, she said that she was uh, just praying to God to, uh, to have mercy on him. And as she was driving and, and crying to God, she said that the presence of the Holy Spirit was so powerful in her life that she has to confess Christ as Lord and Savior. And she was driving to Charlotte, North Carolina, where she was scared to meet her parents. She doesn't have, she did, there was no cell phone back there, so she drove to, to Charlotte to meet her parents, and when she saw them, she was crying, and I thought she was crazy for her money, but she said, I am saved, I am saved. Christ met me right on the highway, and they hug and cry, and, and you know, and they rejoice, and the Father Christ and made possible what she didn't think that was possible. And on the same day, she was set free from the drug, from the alcohol, from, from all those bad habits that she had. Hallelujah. Christ's love is a transforming love. And my first trip to North Carolina, I remember we drove by, we stopped at this spot, and I couldn't stop just thinking about what a wonderful love Christ's love is for us. Thank you, Jesus. As she started serving the Lord, he opened the door for her to go to uh, East Coast Bible College. And from Lee College, they went, she went to Lee University. And through Lee University, or with some friends from Lee University, she went to different uh, mission trips. From Haiti to Honduras to Puerto Rico to Barbados and so forth. In the process of that, gradually, gradually God called her into the mission field. And I can tell you, she, today she's a wonderful speaker, preacher, counselor, and administrator. The life that Phyllis Wozniak has in Pate are in the thousands including my own, because of the transforming power of the love of Christ. Amen. That is the power of love. Amen. You see, just at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Amen. 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 Jesus said, uh, in his dealing with Zacchaeus, after Zacchaeus gave his heart to Jesus, he said, Today salvation has come to this house because the Son of Man, because this man too is the Son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to say that the lost. Joel 2.13 said, Rend your heart and now your garment. Return to the Lord your God, for he is a gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abundant in love, and he relent from sending calamity. Amen. 
So I want you to know that if you're praying for somebody that is bound by drugs or is bound by addiction or is bound by any ugly lifestyle or the detestable things that is against Christ's uh, word, do not stop praying. Amen. Keep on praying. Yeah. Because in his time, he will answer your prayers. Yes. Amen. Can you praise the Lord this morning? Yeah. Christ's love is a transforming love. Yes, it's a transforming love. Hallelujah. And if I take the time this morning to listen to the testimony of some of you, you will not stop telling what Jesus has done for you. Man, God is so good. God is so good. There is nothing that is impossible for him to do. The second thing that I can see in this passage is that Christ's love is not only transforming love, but Christ's love is a contagious love. All right. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you, Wayne Wozniak is Phyllis' husband. Wayne grew up in a broken home. Has several brothers and sisters. He wasn't the greatest student. He will tell you that when he graduated from high school, he couldn't even read his diploma. He will tell you that. He started studying evolution and became fascinated by evolution. So he debated with his mom. His, mom, his mother didn't have an answer for him. In his second year of college, he found out that his stepmother became a Christian. And they started talking about, and he became inter interested in the things that you were talking about and the changes, and also seeing her change in her lifestyle. And he said, if this is true, then I want it. She gave him a New Testament. He started reading the New Testament. In the New Testament, he found out that Mary wasn't a virgin after having Jesus. And he told that to his mom, and she became upset with him. And because that upset her, he decided to keep reading the Bible to find some more stuff <laughs> to get his mother upset. <laughs> See, the stepmom said, you need to go to a church. And he said that not far from where he lives, there was a church over there. So he started going to this church. He said the pastor didn't have a lot of education. He didn't have an answer for a lot of the tough question on evolution that he had. But he said that one of the things that he noticed in that congregation was that there was genuine love. Not just the love of the Bible, but there was a love in those people over there that he wanted to experience that more and more. And the pastor was a key instrument that God used to point him into the direction to go to Lee University. In Ali University, he met Phyllis. He likes Phyllis. From the first time he saw her, Phyllis will not pay attention to him. <laughs> not the first time, not the second time. It took a while. But I guess he believed in the power, you know, in the prayer. Say, the prayer of the righteous have any much. Because he won her. And I will tell you that, you know, Wayne's uh, uh, impact in my life, is, uh, it has been so uh, so critical 
because he was the one that first started teaching me about Jesus. After he went to Lee, he, was, he felt called into the mission field to train young men and women to serve Christ. And I can tell you that today, as a result of that experience, he travels all over Latin America, training young men and young women to share Christ's love. The greatest demonstration of Christ's love for us is seen in the fact that even though we were sinners and separated from him, he sent Jesus Christ to die for us on Calvary. Yeah. And once you experience that love, I can tell you that you can keep it to yourself. You have to share the love of Christ. You have to be willing to go out of your comfort zone. You have to be willing to move on where you are to the place where Christ is calling you. In 2 Corinthians, Paul talks about his suffering. In chapter 11, he said, I have been in labors more abundant, and in stripes above measure, in prison more frequent, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I have received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I, been, I was beaten with a rod. Uh, once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in deep, in journeys often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, imperos of my own countrymen, imperos of the Gentiles, imperos of the cities, imperos of the wilderness, imperos of the sea, imperos among false veterans, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness, often in hunger and thirst, fasting, and cold and nakedness, beside the other things what come upon me daily, my deep concern for the churches. So he wanted the churches and the brethren to know this love love of Christ because the love of Christ is a contagious love. Hallelujah. And I can think uh, real quick about the woman at the well. She goes to the well for water, and here she is, and you know, in the middle of the day, and she finds this man over there sitting by the well. This man tells her, give me some of the water. We can talk. You know, we don't get along. I don't like you. You don't like me. It's all right. Let's move on. But she said, woman, if you knew who is talking to you, you were asking for living water. And the conversation going to a way that she, the Bible said that she left the yard. The reason why she came to the well, run back to the city and cry out, come and see someone who will tell me everything that I have done. Wouldn't be this the Messiah? So you can keep it to yourself, hallelujah. You can keep it to yourself because the love of Christ has to be shared. Yes. So as we think about, you know, the, the hallelujah, you can praise the Lord. It's all right. You can, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The Bible says clearly in John 7, whoever believes in me, as the Christo has said, out of his heart will flow river of living water. Hallelujah. We see in, in, in Acts 4, they say, this is the, when they're inter, in, interrogating uh, Paul and, uh, Peter and John. When they saw that the courage, the Peter and John, and realized that they were on school ordinary men, 
they were astonished and they took note that this man had been with Jesus. But since they could see the men who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and they conferred together. What are we going to do with this man? They asked. Every living, everyone living in Jerusalem knows that they have performed a notable sign and we cannot deny. But to stop this this thing from go, from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them and again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eye to listen to you or to him? You be the judge. As for us, we cannot help about what we have seen and heard. We cannot help about speaking what we have heard and seen because the love of Christ is a contagious love. Amen. You know, the Bible says that to whom much is forgiven, much is love. And I see some of you, when you go out there, that you cannot stop sharing God's love because you know what God, Christ has done in your heart. Christ's love is a contagious love. I heard some of the testimony of the people here. They say, when I walk through this door, there's something about the people here that it just draws me to this place. Amen. And I'm not talking about Riverstone. I'm talking about God's people. And this should be the feeling of God's people everywhere where God's people gathering. People draw to the presence of the Lord because they feel that there's something different in the man and the woman who is there. Amen. You can praise God. Hallelujah. And we have to be careful with that. We have to be careful that we don't get puffed up. And think that we are the best of the best. We are not. We have to be careful because this is only happening because we are seeking God. And we are praying. And we are walking in humility. If we neglect humility and we neglect to seek the Lord, those things will fade away. So we are responsible to keep the fire burning all the time. So the God's presence will be felt in our midst. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. More love, Jesus. Yes, more love, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul couldn't stop sharing the love of Christ. He writes later and said, again, talking about his uh, suffering. He said, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take away from me his, his thorn in the flesh. But he said, but the Lord answered him, my grace is, is sufficient for you. you my power is made perfect in your weakness. He said, therefore I will boast and more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Right. 
And that is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insult and hardships and persecution and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Wow. He keeps writing and say, I have made a fool of myself, but you dropped me to it. I ought to be commended by you, for I am not in, uh, for I am not the least or inferior to the super apostles. Even though I am nothing, I, I, I persevered in demonstrating among you the marks of a true apostle including signs and wonders and miracles, how you were inferior to the other churches, said that I never, I never, I was never a burden to you. Forgive me for this wrong. He said, now I am ready to visit you for the third time. I will not be a burden to you because what I want is not your possessions, but you. Amen. After all, Children should not have to save up for their parents, but parents for their children. So I will very gladly spend for you everything I have and, and expand myself as well. If I love you more, you will love me less. So this love that he has for the church is so great that, I mean, that he doesn't see any suffering or any mockering or any, or any hardship that he's uh, going through as an obstacle to reflect the, what God has done in his life. Christ's love is a contagious love. Yes, amen. 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 Thank Hallelujah. Oh God, thank you so much. God, you love us so much, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, I thank you so much. God, I, I ask for, for forgiveness, God, for how often do we neglect to, to show you love to others, God. Man, God, it's so easy to get along with people that we get along to, with people that we like. But how difficult for us sometimes it is, so oh God, to, to express genuine love to those people who are bound by sins, oh God. Who are, we do not like them because they don't think or act like us. God, Christmas is not about the, the gifts or, or the big meal. Christmas is about Christ coming into this earth, hallelujah. And breaking the, the, the and breaking, hallelujah, the, the curse and destroying the, the, the grief that was against us. Yes, right. And establishing a relationship with you one more time. Amen. Amen. Through the sacrifice of the cross. Yes, Lord. Christ, I pray that you will help me to be contagious for you, oh Lord. Help me to be contagious for you. Amen. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You know, if we want revival in this place, we're going to have to be contagious for the Lord. We have to put away the distraction. We have to put away, you know, there will be uh, people rising against us. There will be, you know, persecution, if we could say. There will be a lot of talk about it, but please do not get distracted. Just commit yourself to the Lord and understand that, that, that eventually this love is going to have to be poured out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
I'm not exactly sure, but I can feel his presence in this place right now. Hallelujah. Because this is, he is worthy of it all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Christ's love is a transforming love. Christ's love is a contagious love. And Christ's love is a national love. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for his friend. Can a mother forget the baby or her breast and have a compassion of the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you in the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. This is the man that was that, that was struck with leprosy. You know, when he became a Christian, he wanted to to go with Christ. And Christ tell him it's a good thing what you want to do, but you really want to impact some of the people, go home. And tell what God has done for you. So this love of Christ started to be spread now and to be shared, and not just and 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 you know and and by word, but also by action, because Christ's love is an action love. I have a little video over there that I would love for for the people to play. What love in action is. <laughs> Just a few minutes down the road in their local church. This is in Kentucky after the tornado. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. Pastor Stephen Boykin led a sermon in the dark the Sunday after the tornado hit. I just want us to pray right now. This is what I want us to pray. I just want us to ask God to have his way today. Father, I'm asking for every person that's here, for those that didn't have heat this morning that came anyway, thank you for that sacrifice of praise. I pray you strengthen us. For those that have suffered and lost somebody dear, Lord, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would comfort them in this moment. Help our community, Father. Help us just to offer some comfort, some relief in Jesus' name. Amen. I see this as a story as great a tragedy as it is. I think that there is a redemption story. We're here to help those that are hurting, to comfort those that are without. Pastor Stephen turned his church, his house ministries, into a distribution center for food and supplies for people in the community. If you'll text me your address, I'll meet you over there with the generator. We've been given a lot of generosity. Um, these generators we have are just a significant blessing that we can help some other people. And for those who were left devastated by the storm, he provided prayers. Hello, do you have power now or no? and we're gonna bring a generator by. I'm pretty certain that we're just gonna give this generator to you today, okay, Miss LaTanya? Yes, ma'am, yes. I know we wanna help you, okay? God, I just ask right now the peace of God just comfort our friend, that you would just encourage her in this moment. I know she's lost so much, but Lord God, you're here in this moment, and I just pray you touch her heart, that you lift her up and let her know how much you love her. 
in a vigil held four days after the storm that claimed the lives of more than 70 people across Kentucky, Pastor Stephen announced that with the help of anonymous partners, his church would be paying the funeral cost of those who lost their lives in Mayfield. Over and over, people have given from a place of uh, just a kindness, uh, just in their heart, they want to make a difference. And that's the thing that's so beautiful is, I mean, there are people from different denominations, people from no denominations, from all walks of life. The outpouring of love and support and the people coming in, you know, from all corners of the United States to donate their time and to donate money and help, I mean, it's another sign that we're all in this together. We absolutely are. Everybody is helping everybody, and that's, that's the way this should be. Amen. And I will read a couple more uh, uh, pieces that I read in CNN. This is a tornado survivor, uh, Reverend Joe Reed. He's the lead pastor of Mayfield First United Methodist Church in Mayfield, Kentucky. He's, he says that he told his congregation that God did not do this to Mayfield, but that this was something that happens in Mayfield. He also told CNN that people, that people step up and move into action immediately to help when it was needed. When we realize after the storm that our family car had been buried on the, the north wall of the sanctuary, I needed a ride, he said. So I reached out to one of my members, uh, John and Marilyn Marshall, and John Marilyn Marshall came running in the middle of the night after a major tornado to fetch us and bring us back to the personage. I walked into the service of worship yesterday with our car, with no electricity and no water, and I walked out, out and I walk out with a set of car keys from one of my members who said, "I just, I just clean it, I just clean everything out and put a fresh tank of gas." So I'm going home to a generator. So this is the way that they step up. Kentucky's uh, lieutenant uh, governor, uh, who toured the damaged area, said. You know, she, she, she watches all the destruction, and she said two days since the disaster, she moved, she was moved not only by the destruction she's seen, but also by the empathy she observed. She said, I will tell you that I saw a level of devastation that it was only rivaled by the compassion of love of the neighbor, hallelujah. So the level of the destruction was only matched by the level of love and compassion that the people demonstrated. Christ's love is a love of action. Amen, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, and as I see God's love in action in the church, I think I can think about you know early this year during the uh, during the fall season, a truck went out of here full of stuff to the Navajo, to the Native American in South Dakota. A team from here traveled to uh, to Montana. We see the ministry of the church going to Crozet. We see the ministry of the church going to uh, Kentucky. We see the ministry of, from the church going abroad to reach out to people that we never seen, that we do not know who they are, that we will never be able to, won't be able to probably speak their language, but we identify with them, with men and women who are carrying also the, the sacrifice of Christ, preaching the gospel, carrying the name of Jesus everywhere they go, because we believe that this is the only way that we can show this love of Christ. We, 
Hallelujah. You can praise the Lord. Amen. You know, we've been going, we went for a couple months to, uh, out of town to work with a group of refugees over there. We couldn't tell them exactly uh, openly about the love of Christ. We all, we, the only thing that we could do is just to engage with them again and uh, hang around with them. And hopefully they will see the testimony that we brought to them. You go in the back, and there's a room full of stuff. You, you, an email went out for this week. We need help for to supplies to, you know, to, to send a staff to Kentucky. A brethren gave his time and his money, and I mean, and put a team together and travel to Kentucky because Christ's love is a love of action. Yeah. We cannot just come in the congregation and get along with each other and be blind to what is surrounding us. You can praise the Lord. It's all right. <laughs> Christ's love is the love of action. As we go into the neighborhood over here, I mean, uh, you guys are, are giving a whole lot of stuff to be able to, uh, to help the cause. And I pray that we will not stop. We will not stop. We will not stop. Christ's love is the national love. You, we might not reap the results in our lifetime, but God will take care of the rest. You know, when I go out with Pastor Chris, I mean, we go out to, to share the gospel. I mean, it's great if the people become Christian and come to this congregation, but if they choose to go to another church, praise the Lord. We want people more than be part of Riverstone to be saved. Yes. That's our desire. That's my desire. Man, because Christ's love is a love of transformation. Christ's love is a love of con is a contagious love. And Christ's love is a love of action. So as we celebrate this Christmas, let's find a way or a way that we can truly reflect what the Lord has done for us. Amen. Amen. So I ask you to stand up this morning as we pray. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Romans 12 through 13 said, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in fear, but keep your spirit of favor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share the love, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So I challenge you. What are you going to do different this coming year? Father, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your presence in our midst. Thank you, God. I will open the, the altar at this minute. And if you just want to come to the front to thank the Lord for transforming your life, please feel free to do so. 
if you ask in the Lord for a, for a seal for a desire to cherish Christ's love make your way to and if you're looking for ways to to put it in action hallelujah the artery is open right now Hallelujah. God, I believe that Paul was fully aware when he wrote Ephesians 3, oh God. He knew exactly what he was trying to, to cause the people to, uh, to meditate and to reflect and to receive strength in the spirit the indwelling of Christ and the fullness of God and I believe that the only way that we can experience that is by experiencing your God and upon the measure of your love in our lives oh God so I pray that wherever is an obstacle in us oh God to experience that that you will take it out of the way oh Lord Jesus hallelujah God, as a church, we ask you that your love will reign in our midst. That regardless of how the person dress or regardless of where they come from, oh God, that there will be love in this place because you love everyone, oh God. We pray that we will be a church that embrace your word in such a way, oh God, that every decision that we make is based on that. God, and I pray if there's people here that are still struggling with the transformation power, oh God, that we will talk about it, that we talk about it here today, oh God, that they will experience that right now. In the name of Jesus, you are the only one that can break the curse of sin. You're the only one that can set us free, oh God, from the, the bondage that Satan has laid on us so God please have your way in our midst have your way in our midst hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah as the um, praise and worship team lead us into that song one more time you are worthy of it all uh, I, I ask you to uh, to please don't leave this place without giving, uh, you know, asking God to intervene in your life. Or if you know somebody who, need, who needs an intervention, to please to intervene. <coughs> Hallelujah. Your brothers, your sister, your niece, your nephew, your father, your mother, your wife, your husband. Hallelujah. Your co-worker. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for putting out your grace in our midst. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do not worry about that your neighbor next door. Just realize that you need the Lord or your friend needs the Lord. And come to the altar this morning and pour out yourself before the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
Thank you for being a part of Riverstone Church. I hope today's message encouraged you to take a step closer to Christ. If there is anything we can pray for or talk with you about, please visit our website at riverstonechurch.net. May the Lord bless you this week and may you walk in all of His promises and plans for your life.